everybody. Thanks for joining us. Project U uh, has been, rel- in the past, right, Hallie, the last, what, four, four years? years? Four mm-hmm. years has been a wonderful uh, transformational experience for high achievers, leaders, in kind of four categories of your life, right? Health, physical health, right? Spirituality, um, wealth, not just in terms of finances, but what, is, what does wealth actually mean and how do you, you know, all that. And finances, of course, yeah, but net like worth, just, but yeah all that stuff. But also, like, what is the what is money actually is like? Yep. It means nothing, but means everything, right? It's like one of those how you right. answer that, right? And then you know, leadership, right? In terms of leading yourself first, leadership is not about leading others, it's about first leading yourself and then others. Um, but we have, and we're really excited for, based on feedback that we've gotten from our community, we are going to be doing uh, Project You Unbound, um, and you want to say Unbounded? Yes. This is maybe title to be determined, but be, it's going to be Project You Unbounded, unbounded. or maybe you just let us know what you think, right? Yeah. Project You Unbounded or Unbound. Right? Unbounded probably goes a little better. Yes. And the uh, it's going to change a little bit, and it's basically going to be a uh, journey inward. It's going to be um, similar to Project You Spirituality session, um, and it's going to be a year long about again spirituality, inner inner growth, the mind, the wandering mind. The, you know, what is the cause of suffering? How do I deal with this in everyday life? How do I get through these stages of spiritual growth? Really kind of laying the framework um, for how uh, somebody can stay on this path and continue to aim high. And that's the goal is that the spiritual journey, if you're really on this, this personal growth journey is very challenging. And it's also very, um, you need to be reminded by it constantly. Uh, and that's what we're hearing from it. So uh, the next year, if you're interested, in 2023, we're going to start that in June of 2023, uh, Project You Unbounded will go for an entire year and it'll be that that spirituality uh, entire session. If you're interested, you can always go to adamhergenrother.com and check out Project You there uh, or just send us an email. We'd love to get you in there. And I, I just want to mention that mention if you're still interested in the original Project You where we do go more into health and um, fitness and wealth building and those types of topics, there will be uh, an original project you also offered next year, but um, Adam and I will be working on the project you unbounded. Excited. Hi everyone, it is Hallie here and I'm very excited because today we have Manal Keen on the podcast and uh, it's going to be a little bit of a mashup where business meets spirituality meets founder and force multiplier. So let's dive in. Um, Manal, tell us a little bit about yourself and what's important to you about the work that you do. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Holly, for the introduction. Um, so let's see. Oh, telling about myself. That's a, that's a deep question. <laughs> I would say that um, I have two quite polar extremities that have sort of crossed paths and been at crossroads quite a bit in my journey. And we'll kind of hear this as I talk through it. Um, I am a natural born overachiever. I have always, I was the high school student that locked herself in her room and literally studied all the time. Like that was like purposeful. Like I did it out of choice, my own choice. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, spent the last 15 years of my career um, in finance, financial institutions, strategy, But I also stemmed across multiple, I would say, industries and roles. Um, And that just speaks a little bit about how I continually have this inner desire to evolve both personally and professionally. Um, In in my tenure, in my corporate career, um, I spanned across uh, real estate, mortgage lending, treasury, the IB, M&A, digital payments, wealth management, 
in roles spanning across finance, strategy, sales, uh, data optimization, um, technology. And um, I found myself in all those roles. And the reason I kept kind of shifting and moving myself is because I always had this inner voice that wanted to learn. And I, I realized I was a natural born student for life. Um, but all that also comes with, I would say, a really polar opposite side of me, which is very extremely, maybe I have too many extremities, extremely nurturing, <laughs> extremely sensitive, very um, uh, coach teacher oriented. Um, and I found myself sort of crossing those paths a lot and at a crossroads when I was growing in my career because sort of the, the side of me that was also very natural which was the, you know, I would say humanitarian, wanting to make an impact, really trying to figure out my purpose in life. And we have, we have a very short time here and what, what that meant to me and how it meant and balancing that with, you know, um, family and, you know, being a mother and extended family and also making connections and also wanting to do a lot of charity work and also driving my career that was 90 hours a week and, the list goes on, but that gives you a little bit of glimpse about, you know, sort of me and my journey and who I am. But I realized very quickly what's important to me is staying true to my wholesome self because my wholesome self really is what drives, I think, all successes in my life. And I have, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have fallen, crashed, and I've been on that bathroom floor um, on, you know, milestone birthdays, crying my eyes out, <laughs> just like any other human being. And I realized I am human. And um, that is the most important thing to me because it makes me, uh, it makes me better in my relationships. It makes me better as a mother. It makes me better as a mentor. It makes me better at finding the career, the job, the, 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 what I want to do in life and the impacts I want to make. And I, I always have to sort of come back to that. Um, and we all wander, we all get lost and Lord, I've had lots of lost moments. <laughs> um, how did you, like, how did you navigate through all of those different times in your life? The highs, the lows, this, these 90 hour work weeks while being a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, like how, how did you navigate all of that? Yeah. So again, you know, everybody's journey is a little different. In my specific journey, juggling all this, um, I learned really quickly, very quickly in life that I had to learn to let go of things. By nature, I am, or I, I was when I was younger, I, I feel like I've sort of changed that, but I was extremely OCD and I was a perfectionist and everything had to be done a certain way. And at the, the top of its tier, like I could not make below uh, like an A, right? Ever, a hundred was an A, not 90. And I, you know, uh, in my, like, whatever I did, whatever milestones were set for me when I first started my career, I did them a week early because I wanted to, like, sh you know, show that I could do it early. And it, this was not healthy at all. And I learned very quickly to let it go. And I did this when I went back to do my master's. I had a toddler. I had just had my baby two months ago. <laughs> I was managing a team of 400 people at J.P. Morgan during the mortgage crisis in the United States. And at that moment, I really sat with myself and I'm like, Manal, if you wanna go and really be the best version of yourself, because I was almost like half baking everything. 
right? Mm. Like it wasn't really, I wasn't really optimal in what I wanted to do. And what that did was I also created this big disparity between what reality is and what my expectations were. And that gap of reality and expectations is what creates, and I'm, I, I feel like people hearing this might feel this today, being overwhelmed, feeling burnout, having anxiety, feeling depressed, but being a high functional depressed person, which is also not healthy um, yes. and, and all those things. And so, you know, bringing it back, I had to learn that I had to prioritize really well. I had to determine what was important and what was not important. I had to be thoughtful and purposeful on every action and how my time was spent during the day. Mm -hmm. um, and also I accepted outcomes. If I knew that there were a lot of fire drills in the day, lots of pivots, things that didn't work the way they were supposed to, I had to accept the outcome that that day, I'm not gonna get to my child's basketball game on time, but I'll be 10 minutes late, it's okay. That I may not be able to get to the set homework that I had for my MBA, but it's not due till Friday, so I gotta rearrange the rest of my week. And I learned to accept those outcomes and solution, which I think is is something that is learned. And we all make these mistakes. Um, and mm -hmm. by all means, I have had many moments where I, I failed, and these are the learnings and lessons from those failures. And trust, we always, and there are moments and times when we go back to this, like it happens again, we're, we live in a cycle, we're human. And I think, I think that's, that's how I sort of was able to juggle things. Um, and I would say one thing that most people may not say, and I am going to say this out loud, have fun. If you are deciding, <laughs> really, if you're, if yeah. look, I made a choice, right? I made a choice to do both, have a career, have a family and go back and do my MBA. So maybe do both plus plus, right? So if I'm making these choices, it's a decision I've made and I have to learn to accept it and enjoy my moments. Be in the moment in my classes and embrace my new peers that I've met that have also been in the industry for a long time, different industries. Enjoy mm -hmm. my kids and be okay that if I'm not following a rule book, look, my daughter stayed up with me till two in the morning studying. She would be there nursing, I would be reading books, and you know, everybody was like, oh my God, your daughter needs to sleep. I'm like, you know what? We're having a great time. This is our moment. Yeah. And you know, she's yeah. thriving, she's healthy, and she's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I just think that's such an amazing way to approach it, and it's almost like, well, we talk a lot about letting go of the outcome, which it seems like that's really what you learned how to do through all of those experiences. Um, and having fun. And I know Adam talks about that all of the time on our podcast. He's like, we're, you know, we're just in this, on this journey, spinning around on this planet in the middle of this massive universe. And we're this, just this one person, like, let's just enjoy the life that we have and enjoy the experiences, enjoy the choices that we made. I think your examples are just such a beautiful example of what that looks like in, in real life. Um, so, okay. I have to ask you this question. <laughs> does business meet spirituality mean to you? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so spirituality in its essence has so many meanings for so many individuals and it can go very deep. I also find it interesting that uh, it's human nature to put spirituality with religion right away. And right. I, uh, to me, at the core of whatever your beliefs are, whatever your journey is, whatever challenges that you're having in life, at the core of it, there are very key, I would say, elements that are agnostic to whatever path you're on. And that is that 
to me, it means evolution of mind. It means continuous failing and learning and growing. It means the ability to have, and I say this term because I just like the way it sounds, it makes me sound so fancy, but I like, I like the term cognitive flexibility. Mm, yeah. We, like this is something, and I, I, I am so big on this, and because I had to learn it myself. Look, I was, I was a very fiery, like young soul. And I just, you know, was overread. And I thought like I had all the knowledge in the world and I would argue with everybody. And that is just how I was. And I wasn't angry. I was just extremely passionate. Mm -hmm. But I also learned very quickly in life that, oh, and especially when I started leading people, that that was all wrong in so many ways, because I, just like we build all these agile technology um, projects and, and, you know, evolve technology, at the end of the day, it's our mind that needs to be agile. We need to learn to make decisions with different methodologies, not fall back to, well, this is the way I've always done it. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to be open to other perspectives and why they're thinking through things the way they're thinking about them. Um, the ability to evolve and adjust in the way you approach things, right? Don't approach things the same way. And what's going to happen? I say this again, and I, I know, Hallie, you guys say this a lot. Like, if you change an approach, what's the worst that's going to happen? You just call it audible, make yeah, a pivot. It doesn't work. Exactly. Continue, right? Look, we're not, exactly. we're not Superman. We can't go back and, you know, twirl the earth and go backwards. All we can do is move forwards, right? What's happened has happened. And I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes things happen and it's hard to accept because emotionally it takes a toll on us. But mm -hmm. the thing is, you have to give yourself a chance. You have to accept the outcome, try to work through those feelings and also adjust and not always fall back to your go-to methodology. I think that's really important. Um, along with that, I think emotional transformation is very impo important. Um, I think being flexible in how you deal with your emotions and how you approach decisions with your emotions makes a big difference. Look, there are ways we are set in our ways and, and mm -hmm. you know, I feel strongly about X, Y, and Z, or I deal with conflict a certain way or change a certain way, but you have to, you have people around you. You're not an individual on earth. You are an individual interconnected with multiple partners and, and peers and friends and family and, and one conflict or decision makes a multitude of impact to others. And understanding, and of course, you know, the, the buzzword is emotional intelligence, but having that empathy and really understanding what that means to different people going through different phases of their life is very important. And I, I feel like that's a form of maturity and growth. And as leaders and as individuals, it not only impacts you at work, it impacts you outside of work too. Um, and I, I say this also, we, look, being realistic about problems is so important. So important. I'm not saying everything is roses and rainbows and the Care Bears and we're sliding through the rainbows. Like, things mess up. And I think we all need to embrace that it's okay that there's an acceptance of reality, but have, like, really work on having, I think, a positive mindset a solution-oriented mindset that there is a problem. And we may be in an issue, but how do we solve it? And I think we too often get, you know, when it when it rains, it pours, and you feel like 
there's no silver lining. And that is, to me, that's how you impact your mindset with spirituality is, at work is really helping everybody get through it and understanding that's what's happened has happened and how do we figure out the solutions and the go forward. Um, so the mindset and how you think and how you're flexible and how you're agile to me is how business meets spirituality. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I was actually, I don't know if it was the book I was just reading or, you know, stuff that I was listening to, yeah. but it, it was just mirroring so much of what you just talked about that the qualities, particularly in this new kind of era of work that we're in, that we need to, we don't, yes, it's great to have technical skills and right. all of the technology and AI and all the stuff, but what we really need is exactly what you said, cognitive flexibility, emotional intelligence, mental agility and resilience. And those are the things that as humans that we should be honing, but particularly um, in the workplace. Yeah, so, you said it so eloquently and beautifully and concise, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you've talked a bit about these failures and failing forward and the, and the uh, maybe the importance of it. I mean, and, and right. really the, it, that's how you move forward and grow in a lot of ways. Um, would you be open to sharing with us one of the big mistakes maybe you made in your personal or professional life? And how did you uh, get through it and, and move beyond it? Yeah, thank you. That's a that's a very good question. And I'd, I'd actually love to share now. Of course, there's lots of moments that can be picked from, right? Especially if you've been, you know, in your adult life for, I would say, 20 year plus years, right? There's so many moments. But I, I want to pick on a specific moment because I feel like we so we get fixated on these societal norms. And, you know, we feel like all our mistakes happen at the beginning. And then, you know, we grow and evolve and like, you know, now 40 plus, we are just like, you know, evolved and we know what we're doing, but, you know, we're human and the cycle sometimes catches up to you and we can make mistakes even as individuals with amazing careers, with kids who are raised and other teenagers. And, you know, you can still fall back and make mistakes. And I think that's important to hear because, we just, I think we take it harder as we have moved on in our lives if we do make a mistake because we're like, well, I've already been there, you know? Yeah. Um, a particular moment happened to me quite recently, I would say maybe a year and a half ago, a couple of years ago. I, you know, was in this sort of crossroad of determining whether, you know, what my sort of career, next career move was. I left, um, you know, the financial services, financial institution banking world. Um, which was a big move for me. I had been, I grew up in that world. Um, mm. and so I challenged myself I, in, in a whole different sort of realm. Um, it was still a little bit of a comfort, uh, I would say, role because it was in the finance, you know, um, job description and it's, you know, where I came from, but a different industry. And I was able to apply sort of all these transformational skills. All sounds great, right? But what I guess I didn't realize was I didn't realize how much of myself and the reality of what I was facing did not fit the role that I was going into. I took the role because the title was good, the pay was good, and I was going to be able to keep my family afloat. And, and these are probably thoughts that most people go through when they take a role, right? Yeah. But what I missed was I had family members who really needed me because they were going through a particular moment of illness and other things in their life. I had a teen daughter who was going through, I would say extreme, extreme sort of 
you know, challenges in understanding society and herself and she was being bullied and, you know, things were happening in her life that I just, you know, it just needed a lot of me. And so I put myself in a position where I really needed 40 hours in a day to do everything I needed to do. And that is something that goes against the grain of everything I am mentored and taught. And, you know, I, I forgot to say this at the beginning of my journey because there's so much to my journey. But when I left my career, I actually went back to try to make an impact in society. So I am the first female to teach investments. I found that teaching was my, my core, like what makes me alive, you know, and I, I, I mentor students and young professionals and I have outreach programs building um, where women and minorities have a path into asset management firms because there is there's a gap in diversity there. And so I yeah. spent my whole life teaching people the fluidity about, you know, balancing, not balancing, but incorporating, right? Mm -hmm. Your work mm -hmm. into your life because you only have such a set, set hours in a day, right? And you yeah. guys talk about this, Adam, how you guys talk about this all the time. And I completely forgot all my teachings. <laughs> and and, and we forget to apply it to ourselves sometimes. <laughs> yes, we forget to apply it. And, and I was not accepting the outcomes either because I took this role to make an impact that I knew I could. But things that were simple, Hallie, things that I literally could do with my eyes closed, like put together uh, a forecast and build um, financial rigor around reporting and implementing, you know, an ERP tool for finance. Like these are things I have done with my eyes closed. And it was like, I was looking at blank screens. Mm. I was having like blurred moments and I'm like, what is happening? Like, I swear what? I used to be a smart person. <laughs> um, and I found myself extremely, just long story short, I was not there for my family. My daughter was feeling very alone. I was having, at the end of the day, also mom guilt and, and, and feeling like I am not, and that is my, you know, because I am an extreme empath and very nurturing, I found myself in a position where I wasn't there for anyone. Mm. And then I was also, and I, I'm going to say this okay, because I was failing at my job, something that I had never never happened before to me in my life. Now I have failed at moments and projects and, you know, like decisions and had to make changes, but not holistically, just not able to do my job. And I had to come to a, the way, I mean, I guess the way I coped with it is I, I literally, and I, this is a very, very Hollywood-esque. It was raining, pouring, okay, in Dallas, Texas that day. I was, I sat in my car in an empty, office building that was across the street from my townhome and I just sat in my car listening to sad music and crying for hours on hours like literally this is a movie mm. and I I was in my feelings right all of my feels as Drake says and I was all in my emotions and I just I, I had to make the right decision and I had no plan I called him. I, at that time, my boss is an amazing leader. Amazing. And I, I feel like I could not thank her more than ever today. And I called her and I was crying. I called her in my bewildered state. This is again, the movie, like imagine this story happening, unfolding in front of you. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I have to step away. And she being the leader that she is, she was like, Manal, I know what you can do. 
And I could tell that there's something wrong. And, and being the person that I was thinking I had to be strong, I also didn't share any of the problems happening in my life. I just kind of left it all at home like I always did. I was compartmentalized, which is also not very healthy. Um, those who have a lot going on, speak about your issues and problems because it is very important to address them. And I just hid them for a long time and hiding them for you know 15 plus years and then also trying to do so many things. I am human and it came to me and it came, it came as a tsunami and yeah. I had, to, I had, yeah. And I had to walk away. I had no plan. I literally made the call, did what I could. I left my job and I had no plan. So I focused on my family and I figured when you give back to the universe, the universe gives back to you somehow. And I just mm -hmm. trusted in the process and I took things day by day, right? Just like anything else, if there is a big bogey in front of you, like I couldn't sit there and be like, oh my God, how am I going to support the family? I'm the breadwinner. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out day by day. Step one <laughs> is take this week off and focus on my family and get the house back together. Step two was putting small, small blocks of tasks on my calendar. I knew spending a whole day trying to find what the next thing I wanted to do or next career, next job that's going to help me balance work, you know, what I needed to do in life today and work was going to mm. overwhelm me. If anybody's been out there in this digital world, applying for a job it is very emotional these days. It is very hard. So I knew that that was going to come at me again, very hard. And so I was like, right. I'm only going to spend an hour a day. That's it. But an hour a day, for Monday through Friday equates to five hours a week, right? Equate, mm -hmm. Equates to, you know, 20 hours a month. Maybe it's not like what I needed to do, but in the moment in my life, it made pro small progress, but also helped me handle the things I needed to handle and helped me get back to sanity, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. And another thing which I did not mention throughout this is really uh, in my career, in the moments I have failed, I found that the way that I was able to balance everything was really embrace yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. so I, I had a really good coach and this is when I was going back, when I was doing my MBA, had the baby, the toddler, the team of 400, the, the mortgage downturn, which I was, you know, very much a part of, <laughs> um, he asked me, what does your silence sound like? And that is such a simple yet like deep ask. And I, I didn't know and I, at that time, you know, I'm just like, what the heck is wrong with this cuckoo? Like, what's he saying? And I actually found that, and that, that was really what he was trying to say was, how do I connect and get back to my core? How do I reflect? Right. right? How do I, how do I really take all the noise that's out there, especially cultural and societal norms? And how do I focus on myself and what makes me happy and what makes me tick and the impacts I want to make? Like there's more to life, right? And what are those times where I take to reflect? And so I, I did go back at that time, actually, interestingly, actually took on running at that time. I put on some running shoes and started running. Um, I lived by the Texas Motor Speedway, 
um, which I don't know anything about car racing, but that I live like it's like where NASCAR happens. <laughs> and I kid you not, one day I was just like things were just like falling apart. I put on some sneakers and I just went running and I ran around the motor speedway about 20 times. I probably ran like a half marathon. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And, um, but I realized, wow, in that like two hours that I was gone running, I was only in my thoughts. There, there was no, no meetings, no, no, nobody to talk to, no electronics. It was just me, myself, and my thoughts. From there, I gravitated to in, in putting in yoga and meditation, mainly so I wouldn't get injured running. And then I found a whole different solace in meditating and, you know, having a higher sense of consciousness and what that meant in my life and how to, look, we're not perfect. And just because you have this higher sense of consciousness and you're, you know, evolving doesn't mean that you're always going to be, resolve your issues well, you know, but it mm -hmm. helps you come back to home base. And, um, you know, that has really helped me sort of throughout my, my journey. Yeah, I love how how you mentioned that um, about the yoga and meditation exercise. Whatever, what, whatever. It's sometimes different for different people. Yeah, exactly. But I, those are great activities, and that it's all about bringing back to home base or that neutral state, so that you can solve problems more effectively, or can make clearer decisions, or just feel more at peace, um, right? Yourself and with life in general. Um, okay wanted to ask you this as well. So with all of the, I mean, your life is very full. You have a very, very full life with them, your relationships, with your work, with your ex extracurricular activities, hobbies, volunteer work, very full life. Um, I'm just curious, was there a time or maybe you're doing this now where, um, so Greg McEwen wrote the book Essentialism, and he always talks about the concept of less but better. And then right. I've also heard this phrase, you know, addition by subtraction. Yes. So really less is more, right? Or less but better. Have you gone through that activity to, for, to have less in your life? Or is it just more about still doing all of the things, but just your approach is different? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I, I feel like maybe I'm still going through that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I had... But younger in my career, when I had a lot of things happening, and I kind of mentioned that I created this let it go list, mm. that is what I was trying, I guess I was trying to do that. But what ended up happening is I let go of things that I felt also mattered. Like I, I let go of, you know, really having a friend life and having sisterhood in, you know, my, my core set of girlfriends that I always confided in and I let go of things, interestingly, and I feel like a lot of maybe people do this, I let go of things that matter to me and put the priority of other people before myself. Mm. The only thing I did for myself was really my career. <laughs> but right. everything else, like my passions, my extracurriculars, I just let go. And I, I basically made space for everybody else in my life. Mm -hmm. But however, and this is a phenomenon and there's lots of books about this and yes, it applies to motherhood, but it applies to so many things. Like it's not just because only mothers go through this. So many people go through this on so many levels. Um, in my particular journey, it just was, you know, family and motherhood. And, and I ended up losing myself 
Mm. You know, I yeah. lost the core of who I was and what made me who I was. So that was not the right approach. So do not do that. <laughs> Lesson <laughs> learned. <laughs> It's um, so hard not to though. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah, it's hard not, not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think now I am. I think more, more methodical, and more mm. purposeful um, about the things I'm doing and how I am doing them. For example, my kids are, you know, varsity band, uh, volleyball A team, like so much happening right in their lives. But I don't have to be at every volleyball game. Like even my own daughter is like, mom, you have so much going on. Like you don't have to come to the away games that are an hour away that are like right after work, you know? She's like, control yeah. the home games. And, I, and, and she taught me this. And I was like, Anaya, you're right. Like I need to have, I need to be purposeful. I need to be present, but not exhausted. Like, yes, because I when I am present, I am truly present. I'm not present sitting there on the bleachers like, looking like a hot mess and about to pass out to like, you know, that's not present, you know, or being home, like, cause I'm like, oh, I have to be home today cause my kids are home. And, and for, you know, eight hours, we're all doing separate things and nobody's really communicated. Like that was not very impactful. We could all be doing things at the beginning of the day that will help us um, with, you know, getting ahead in our work or whatever, and then having a meaningful hour in the evening where we are actually talking and sharing and, and you know, really moving deeply in life together, right? And that hour makes a more of an impact than spending eight hours in the house and not having any conversation, right? Yeah. And so I feel like I have learned how to maybe... And I'm still working on this. I'm not, I'm not there. Let's be real. I'm not really there, <laughs> but I have learned to create meaning and purpose and being present in the moments that I am, which, which makes, I think a better impact and not having to like, just be present and hollow. And I, mm -hmm. I say this because we we are not robots and we do find ourselves present yet hollow many times in our life. And I, I, I'm trying to say this without crying because we have all been there where we are hollow and we are just walking through life as if we don't exist. Mm, and it is, yeah. it is very dangerous. And I, I, and I, Adam, in, you know, says it a lot on business meets spirituality about, you know, there's, there's more meaning to life and connecting and understanding, you know, how purposeful you can be. And I, and those things are important and, and whatever it is, we're all trying, right? We're all trying really hard. And I would say like, you don't have to be perfect at it, but just try. You if know? you, it, um, for people who are listening to this, who maybe are in that space that you're talking yeah. about that are feeling, you know, empty, unfulfilled, hollow, um, in their life, what would be a good first step for them that you, th you think they could take? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I um, watched this keynote uh, that Sean Anker did, and I, I'm going to say this because I think it matters, but he basically wrote this book uh, where he talked about how we as humans associate happiness with an event, a moment, another person, right? And in perpetuity, we never reach happiness because we're always pushing it out to the next thing. Yes. And, and that is what, in essence, creates that hollowness because we've lost what makes yourself happy. 
what what really makes you move and i would say the first step is to maybe take a step back and really reflect on yourself and and try to you know do things i would say in micro movements look we've all been there i'm an overachiever Oh, when I started doing yoga, I was doing it five times a week. When I went running, I'm going to do a half marathon in a quarter, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, somebody stop me. Stop me. Like, I literally only do yoga twice a week. Yeah. yeah it's, that's all my life can do right now. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and that's, that's what I would say. I would say taking a step back, reflecting on the moments that you, you need to bring that back. Reflect on the moments that make you the happiest. What made you, what gave you an extra pep in your step, right? Where's that mojo? When you had the mojo, what was it that you were doing, right? And it could be silly things. It could be silly things. Like for me, I realized when I took care of people, I don't know why. It's just in me. It's an innate, like it's a natural thing. I feel good. I love it. I, if I could hug the world and, and, and create world peace, I would. And that is just the person I am. And so I had to incorporate that. I am nurturing. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't be a robot that's not nurturing. That's just not how I am. That is my love language. I love hard and I love by taking care of, taking care of people. But I also have to know I have, I, that, that's going to create the hollowness. And how do you create the, you know, a little bit about ba- like boundaries and, and Hallie, you've talked about this before. And I, that's what I would say. I would say, take a step back, you know, really reflect on yourself and, and do things in micro doses. You don't have to go all in. If you start out with, and I, I just, I'm using workout, but you does not have to be workout. Let's say, you know, you love reading and you've lost that. Mm-hmm. And, and because, and then I've heard a lot of people say this, um, like, they're like, I have no time to read. I'm like, okay. I was like, start small. I was like, when you're doing a task that you are not really having to be present, like driving or doing laundry, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to physically read. We're just 2022, almost 2023. Stick on your headphones, mm-hmm. listen to a podcast or listen to an audible. Now, yeah feeling yourself again, right? Like, oh man, like I, it's as if you're reading, but you're not, but you are. Because that is what, mm. at the end of the day, you just liked that, you know, separating yourself from your life and, and diving into somebody else's maybe story or journey. If you love fiction, a lot of people love fiction and, and go into a different world and apply, you know, be in that, that fantasy sort of, you know, world. And that's okay, that's great, you know? And, and, I, and I think that's important. I think that things making those small changes are important. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and along the same lines, I think, um, and just your reading example made me think of, well, I don't have any time to read. Somebody might be saying that, but then I can't help but think, is that because they really want to, or is it because society is telling them that to be one of the top CEOs, you need to read 52 books a year. Exactly. Well, and then you're still only going after the goal and that never actually enjoying what you're doing or aligning yourself, your natural self with what is natural right. and authentic to you. Some people are never going to be readers and you know what, that's totally fine. And yeah. uh, they don't have to do anything, but um, yeah, it's about not, not chasing the goal all the time and, and, and just being in the experience. And you know, Hallie, you said that really well, because that, that is the problem. We have this expectation in, and these societal norms 
And it's like, if you deviate away from them, you're afraid to deviate away from them. But that mm -hmm. sometimes isn't your natural self, right? right. Like right. I, I lived in this like finance bro life. And I, you know, for me, it was like, yes, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And I'm gonna be this. And I quickly realized, I was like, whoa, 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 that's not me. And I can do the job maybe even better if I applied myself to it. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Okay. Leave us with this. Okay. What is one motto or mantra that you live by? Yeah. Very good question, Holly. Very good. Um, I would say one mantra I live by is life is an adventure. Nothing stays the same. Everything changes and we should accept this. And if not, we become super stagnant, which goes back to the hollowness, the emptiness, mm -hmm. the not feeling, touching. Look, we're not robots. I say this so many times. We are made to feel. We have neurological hormones that are impacted through emotion. We just have to learn what those emotions are, how to apply them, maybe how to control them, right? And I, and I think that's very important. Okay, I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And um, people can go to founderandforcemultiplier.com slash podcast to check out your podcast where you interview other CEOs and force multipliers um, and have awesome conversations about those partnerships and business. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Holly. I appreciate being here and I appreciate sharing as well. Hey, everybody, before you leave today, Hallie and I want to thank everyone who has left us a review. It really does make a huge impact in helping us get this podcast into the hands of other conscious leaders. Here's what Sean had to say. Sean from Albuquerque says, I have listened to Business Meets Spirituality from the beginning, and there are so many important principles and lessons on how self-leadership precedes leadership. In order to grow your organization or business, you have to lead yourself first. And I have learned how to go inward in order to achieve the level of growth I must obtain in order to grow my business. This is a must listen for any type of business owner. Thanks, Sean, for leaving us a review. And by the way, please let us know what you like about this podcast or what you would like to see more of by leaving us a review wherever you listen to our show.